saying? Let's walk this way. Is that Prince for King? Come here, Prince. What's today's mathematics? Hey, yo, no disrespect, but we ain't in all of that, son. Build, destroy. To build is to elevate the mentalities of self and those around self. To add positive energy to every nation. To build, you must first start from the root, which is the knowledge foundation, and add on to the highest peak. To destroy is to eliminate and destroy any and all negativity that enters my cipher of supreme harmony. Peace, God. Peace, God. <laughs> Podcast, Godwell Radio. We go way, way, way beyond. I'm so smart. People stay in the building. And yo, it's been a minute. It's been way too long. I understand. I get it. All right. So please stay on my ass. Stay on my ass about this. Two, we here. Godwell Radio, where it all started. Fox, executive producer, AJ Vice Aries. You know what I'm saying? You with me, brother? Regardless. Crystal, I'm working. See? Comedy Sports, we, we here. So, I know I should be doing this podcast. I, I'm not going to, this is not about me today. Real talk, I'm, I'm, I'm at the point. And there's so much going on in sports. I just said, listen, I, I just got to just do it and stop trying to make it perfect. I can't make shit perfect. Got too much going on. I just can't do it. But I, my mind can't take what's going on right now in Philadelphia regarding the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, I, I, I just have to express this. Because what I see going on right now is the worst mismanagement of a player I have seen maybe since, hmm, I'm trying to think of something worse than this. I'm trying to think, is the Pippen situation worse? Was the Pippen situation worse? And I will tell you who one who lived through this Pippen situation and one whose best friend was a diehard Chicago Bulls fan so much that his mom actually knew Michael Jordan, went to the Michael Jordan camp, gave us fuck. Like, we knew the fucking Bulls. I knew, I knew more about the Chicago Bulls than I knew about the 76ers during Jordan's heyday of between in the 80s, between, let's say, 87 
and, 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 and 92. All right? So the Pippen situation was all about beef with management. It had nothing to do with the players. It's district. I couldn't imagine the amount of disrespect if Pippen called Jordan a bum. And that he was the, and Jordan was the reason why he wasn't a better player. So no, the Pippen situation isn't worse than this. I can't imagine, uh, uh, like, first of all, I'm not even say the boy's name. I'm calling him 25. I'm, I'm at the point now where I don't even want to say his name. It's 25. It's 25. The nonsense that has been coming out of the 25 camp, and I'm, and I'm going to explain this to you very soon. This is not coming from Clutch. People trying to say, oh, oh, oh 25 taking bad advice and Clutch this and Clutch that. No, this is not coming from Clutch. This is not coming from Clutch. This is, this is based on the demands of the client that Clutch represents. And that's why Clutch is using all the tools in this media disposal to create narratives, but none of them make sense. Oh, I should be used as Giannis. Seriously? You shoot 52% from <laughs> being a 6'10 guy, he shoots 52% at the rim. The only time he wants to shoot, he doesn't even do that well. Oh, I think the Sixers should have reprimanded and be and Doc for telling the truth. Seriously? Doc, ser seriously? And here's the problem. I'm not even gonna get into all the ridiculous comments. It's, it's not really about me, because we know who this guy is. He's so narcissistic. He's so incredibly selfish that I can't even imagine an organization wanting him to come back to play for them. I can't imagine it. And that's my beef right now. My beef is with the Sixers. I already know what this dude is about. We already know what the dude is about. It's not even real. It's like we already know that this dude is upset with the fact that he didn't get better. If you look at the thing, if you think about the organization and where we've come from and where the Sixers have actually come from, from the start of the process to right now, think about it. Ownership technically has gotten a little bit better. Management has gotten better. If you talk about Daryl Morey, he's supposed to be the best out there. He's gotten better. Elton Brand is better than what we ever had, right? It's better than Colangelo, and Hinky only knows how to lose games. So it's gotten better. And B, the players have gotten better. Everything around this guy has gotten better. Everything, ownership has gotten better. Management has gotten better. Players have gotten better. Everything is trending up. The one cog that's not trending upward is 25. Right? So for him to even come out with these things and for him to bring these narratives up, 
and for us to see it over time and overlook it as, as a fan base. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what we've done over time. Like, this is really unacceptable behavior. This goes all the way back to the who for what shit. For you guys that are too young to understand the who for what, we got Ricky Waters out of that shit real quick. Ain't no for who for what. You're doing this for the... This is about us. Ain't all about you. And we taught him a valuable lesson. You ain't gonna never fucking play us like that for who for what. Dog, we in this thing. If you ain't gonna bleed green, you can't rock here. And he felt the booze, but guess what he did? He went to work. Ricky Waters went to fucking work. And he and we wound up loving the dude, loving the guy. First game here, Ricky Waters came across the middle, a game against Tampa Bay. I can't remember, I believe it was against Tampa, Tampa Bay. And he and he alligator arms a sure slant pass that he was going to take a little bit of a shot. But it was in a critical moment in the in the fourth quarter. And he came up on the podium after getting a historic deal for a running back, leaving San Francisco, winning Super Bowls there. He's coming here as the star because that's what he wanted to be in San Fran. And that wasn't going to happen as long as you had guys like Steve Young and Joe Montana. You know what I'm saying? He wanted to be the star. He comes here to be, we, we, we give him star money. And it's time for him to make the star play. And then and he comes out for who, for what? Like, who I'm doing that shit for? I ain't doing that shit. Crazy. I ain't, I ain't going to my career for that. I ain't taking no shots like that. Wait, what? Like, huh? We ripped his ass. We ripped the shit out of Ricky with, uh, Waters. For who, for what? Come on, dog. Guys out there paying, you know, money out there to see the games and, you know what I mean? People up there frying, grandma's frying chicken. Anybody all leaving church early to come to see, to see the game? People make sacrifices for the sports shit. Let's get real. You entertainers, but when you when, when we watch entertainers, right? People sacrifice their time, their interests, their families, their money, their pockets. Like people make sacrifices for, for entertainment. So we all, so we all have an invested interest in this thing. That's why the fans mean something. We have a vested interest in this joint, in the payback. And, and the return on investment isn't monetary. We get nothing monetary. Most people who don't have a, a direct relationship or, or, or stream of income uh, surrounded by sports have no impact on this joint. The return on investment that we give to sports, we only get through winning. Through winning. We have an, fans have an invested interest. So when so when, so when you have an athlete that come out and say, for who, for what, you feel disrespected as a fan, like what? But here's what Waters did. Waters went to fucking work. I think he had three consecutive, like thousand yard rushing seasons. He had a couple, he definitely had three Pro Bowl seasons. He had, he, he, he was amongst the league leaders in, you know, in total yards from scrimmage. He was awesome. He was amazing. 
wasn't a great team, but guess we every week Waters he went to work, and every week teams try to shut down. The first thing every team did when they played the Eagles, we got shut down Waters. So don't give me that fans don't mean shit stuff. I ain't trying to hear it. Nah, I'm not. I'm not, and I'm hard on fans. I'm hard on fans. I think most majority of fans don't know what the fuck they talking about. They don't watch the game and the shit they watching. They don't even know what they don't even know what they watch. Because no, chances are they didn't even fucking play, and if they did play, they wasn't good. So it's all cool. I'm not mad at fans for having opinions. I have one, you know what I'm saying? But you know what I mean? But don't take away anything from the fans. Like most times I'm riding with the athlete, but not here. Not when you don't want to work. Not when you don't want to put it on the line. See, it's two things. You could be like AI. AI didn't really put in the work, but he put it all on the line. AI didn't put in the work. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't. Y'all know that he didn't. But he put it all on the line. Anybody tell you that I miss practice? If, if, if a coach say I miss practice and y'all hear it, then that's that. I mean, I might have missed one practice this year. But if if somebody say he doesn't come to practice, it can be one practice. Out of all the practices this year, that's enough. If I can't practice, I can't practice, man. I'm hurt, I'm hurt. I mean, simple as that. It ain't about that. I mean, it's, it's not about that at all. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but it's it's it's, it's easy to, to to talk about. It's easy to sum it up when you just talk about practice. We sitting here. I supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice, not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice, not a game, not a, not a, not the game that I go out there and, and die for and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. We're talking about practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? man? We're talking about practice. I know I'm supposed to be there. I know I'm supposed to lead by example. I know that. And I'm not, I'm not shoving it aside, you know, like it don't mean anything. I know it's important. I do. I honestly do. But we talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice? We talking about practice, man. We, talk, we talking about practice. We talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. We talking about practice, man. When you come in the arena and you see me play, you see me play, don't you? You see me give everything I got, right? But we talking about practice right now. We talking about practice. Man, I look, I hear you. I, it's funny to me too. I, I mean, it's strange, it's strange to me too. But we talking about practice, man. We not even talking about the game, the actual game, when it matters. We talking about practice. How the hell can I make my teammates better by practicing? He put it all on the line. He got this body, he got this heart, he got this sweat, he got this blood on the court. So whatever he had, he gave it to us. Whatever was in that tank of his, we got it all. We got it all. And if you noticed, 
Philly, most of us criticize him for not putting in enough work. So we criticize AI, who loves this town, who just was sending out tweets to say, oh, this is God's plan and all this shit to the bull. You know what I'm saying? Because he know. And we were still on his ass to this day. And, and guess what? Majority of people thought if AI would have put in the work, he would have been in the league for an extra five years. And chances are he would have never left the Sixers organization. He would have never traded him. If AI would have really, if AI would have got a personal trainer and trained, I mean, and, 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 and worked on his body and things like that, AI didn't do that shit. But when he went on that court, when the game, when the lights came on, he gave it everything he had. He gave it everything he had. But he left it all out there. So in this situation here, I gave you two examples of Philadelphia athletes, superstar athletes, right? Who went through turmoil throughout their um, careers here and they're loved and they were criticized viciously. The legends here. Waters is not the legend that AI is, but he's a well-respected player who has donned the Eagles jersey. And he's borderline Hall of Fame player. And if he does get into the Hall of Fame, right, his numbers that really got him into the Hall are, are, are the numbers he gained in Philly. I know they're probably going there as a 49er. I think Waters could already be in the hall. I got to check that. At any rate, the point I'm trying to make is that I'm not trying to hear the fan shit. I'm not. At all. And what I don't like about all of this is that because we know, because we know who this guy is, because we know who this dude is, it's not about him anymore. We know he doesn't work on his game. We know he doesn't care for his teammates. We know he's disrespected the franchise. We know he doesn't give a fuck about the city. We know he doesn't care about, about the fans. These are the things that we know. This is documented and he's actually said it. He said it. Whether through a third party, how you twist it, he said it. And guess what? The team knows this. And that's the problem I have with this entire situation. The Sixers know this. And they're still begging him to come back. Why? Why? Man, it's time for some freshness. This is the Bushman Podcast, Glockwood Radio. We go way, way, way beyond what some smart people stay in the building. This is Fly Sports Talk, not Dry Sports Talk. You heard? Shake the niggas. 
Scary hours, no money out. Smash the Guinness style, play the outfield. Lucille switch cracks on chill. She's yeah. a rich fiend. Sacrifice a fan, ship the niggas to Queens. Guess jeans, he charged 35 beans. Hit the cell phone, regulate with well known tone. A Wally Kingpin, who also slammed the strike edition. What up, Coleone? Smoke the bone tone for me. What up, we tried to sling there, address him with chrome only. Grady with the gray beard, transport form, rockin' Nike at Rastafari and Bird, piping at switching benzes, 10 carat nigga with gold lenses, frontin' like he's sitting on a lump, he's sitting on junk. You wanna pull a heist, draw guns and robberies? You wanna rock rep, stepping yellow wallabies? Names are range. The Century Fox, Little Glocks, them niggas with stocks, wheeling in blocks, rich lifestyle, small like an ordinary white child. But right now, sun is still shine, shed light now, break down, liquid a gall, fuck it, grab the nickel plate, Spencer for hire. Tension when we mention dryer, he's a slave cop, but hey, pop, but Susu Bade stop us, blow that cat at the purple haze. Spot. I remember sticking fiends at the 160. When we were starving, ducking Bobo, paying them dues. Times is hard in the slums I'm from. They got us barred we warring in case dodging, ripping and robbing. Got the knock sabotaging, slipping cracks in your camouflaging. Now you snitching on the squadron. That's something niggas can't pardon. City overrun by young gun with bad intention and who wear garment. So I see no need to mention the potency of a sting from a killer bee. Kicking the battery out the back of the watch cracks. It's started for your get high, you hide. Jack. These friendly skies, they for you, they for me and mine. This the year of the grimy nigga, ragtime. Keep these niggas on the run, peep my clan emblem. Iron lung ain't got to tell you where it's coming from. Catch us swimming with these sharks now. You rap villains, we feel the same way you feeling. Let it be known, what the blood clot you niggas dealing? You crash dummies, cash rules, still don't nothing move but the money. Hey yo, strong arm, that kid right there with wavy hair. Billy Johnson snatched the matters whip at Times Square. Took his pumas, nameplate, Duke lost weight. Summer 88 started a fight and can't wait. Ask Dorothy, same kid, pussy up in Marcy. Blazing that Ted Rossi up in the Marquis. He lost like a hundred ounces. Jake Russ's houses Had him on the porch Ask no trousers The suit up Individual stuff The new stuff Same kid crying on the stand With Judge Kuffner Kissed him with art numbers Three to nine style Before he left He flashed in his face Like Denzel Richard Dale took his beaver Unthrew a ball in his whip Mussy dropped and split his wig With the heater His safe up was all fucked up As he had me laughing God you see how he was laid out In the grass with dirt in his mouth Slim woke him up Told him he wild out Bluntly Get from his teeth, he smiled like he done doubt. Big bolo stacking his shit, finance the Volvo. He copping shit from a small coffee shop in Soho. He's still pussy. He sell his dust up on the lower east, posing like he rap. The 5% Nation, also known as the Nation of Gods and Earths, was established by a man named Clarence 13X. Clarence 13X was born Clarence Smith, February 22nd, 1928, in Virginia. Upon honorable discharge from the U.S. Army in 1960, after service in the Korean War, Clarence attended a speech by Malcolm X at the Nation of Islam's Temple No. 7. Shortly after hearing the speech, Clarence joined the Nation of Islam and was renamed Clarence 13X. Clarence was an avid student of Malcolm X and of NOI literature and lessons. In 1963, Clarence 13X began teaching his NOI students that the black man collectively is the original man and God. He rejected the NOI doctrine that its founder, Wallace Spark Muhammad, was a law. Between 1963 and 64, 13X left the Nation of Islam and founded the 5% Nation. 
A very quick breakdown of 5% lessons expresses that the black people of the earth are the original people and therefore the mothers or earths and the fathers or gods of civilization. The 5% nation teaches that supreme mathematics and the supreme alphabet, which were principles delivered by Clarence 13 Nets, are keys to understanding humankind's relationship with the universe. The 5% nation also teaches that 10% of the people in the world know the truth of existence and they operate to keep 85% of the world dumb, deaf, and blind and under the control of the 10%. The remaining 5% are those who know the truth and are determined to enlighten the 85%. Why would you bring this energy back into your building? Why are you openly lobbying for this guy to come back to your franchise after he tried to fake his way out of game seven? Are you serious? I've never seen a situation where a player doesn't want to play in the biggest game of his life. What player wants a wait? I'm, I'm trying to tell you, that shit is, see, people won't try to make excuses, like this is psychological, is in his head. No, 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 stop it. That's not psychological. That's basic fear because he's not prepared. That's why you don't want to play in game sevens because now it comes down to the people who's been putting in the motherfucking work. That's what it comes down to. Athleticism, all that, all that too. But when game seven comes up, it's about the people who's been putting in the work. So all those little tricks that you think you can get away with during the season, can't do that game seven. You better, you better put, you better bring that game game. I don't have one. I, I, I haven't been working on my game game. I, 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 I don't know what to do. I, when the game game come, I, I, I want to pass the ball and set screens. I, I'm running away from the game game. When, when the game game come, you got to be ready. You gotta be prepared. The problem with 25 is he's not a prepared player. He's not prepared. He tried to run out of game seven. He made up a story about seeing a masseuse that, that had exposure to COVID. And the team knew that he didn't want no part of the game. And the coach still played him 35 minutes. Come on, man. This is about the Sixers. This isn't about 25, man. This is about Doc coming on TV, radio, begging this guy to come back. Seriously? One thing I know about players, our players will welcome anyone back in that wants to be in. I also know that players will not welcome anyone that doesn't want to be in. And so when that time comes, I guarantee you, it won't be a hard thing to do. All he had to say was, I'm going to coach the guys that are here. Well, what about Ben Simmons? Damn, why did I say that? I'm going to coach the guys that are here. Do you hear me? We're treating him like he's an injured player. He's not with the team. Do you think, well, the next question, well, do you think 25 has a chance to be uh, a championship player? Well, my answer to him would be, listen, we'll see. But there are a lot of great point guards 
that didn't win championships. I'll break the news to you. Chris Paul, John Stockton, Steve Nash. You know what I'm saying? Like there are a lot of great point guards that didn't win the joint. A lot, lots of them. You want to go back in the day to guys like Sidney Moncrief, Fat Lever, guys like that? You know what I'm saying? Tons of guys, man. So that's a fair question for Doc. That's a fair answer to a question like, man, I don't know. Winning NBA championships are hard to do. It takes a lot. And sometimes it's not about the point guard. Sometimes it's about in, in, is it injuries, or sometimes it's about you know who we're playing and who got hot. Like I don't know. That's a fair answer to a that's a fair answer to an easy question. Like why are we trying to make that into some kind of like why should Doc have to be reprimanded for making that statement? Seriously, Doc should be offended by that. I mean, I don't mess with that. I don't bang with that dude. So when, I, so when people ask me about this guy, I'm not going to be like, I need him on this team. Seriously? If he's here, I'm going to coach him. I ain't going to beg for this guy to come back after he said he didn't want to be he didn't want to be coached by me. He didn't want to be with our staff over the summer. He didn't want us to know what he was doing. He didn't want to talk to his players. He didn't want to work out with his teammates. What? I'm not begging that guy to come back. Kidding? That's the fucking reason why we lost game seven. I coach the guys that's here, man. That's what I do. He's here, and like, well, what all about him getting paid out? That's over my pay grade. Really? That's up to the Harris, the Harris and Blitzers. And Maury. All right, so then you give Dow Maury. So let's talk about him for a second. Why are you saying you want this guy back? Like, why are you doing interviews saying we want him back? Why? After he said he didn't want to be with your players, the guys that the guys that you gotta play, the guys that really want to be here, he didn't want to be. Don't want to be with them. He, he practically called them losers. I have never seen a situation where a dude. Who failed? The guy who failed don't want to be with the other guys. I, don't, I can't play with the MVP center? With the best center in the league? What point guard says I can't play with the best center in the league? You think that's cool for Joel to swallow? How many superstars to swallow that? And how many teams have let that ride? imagine if Kevin Love was talking trash on Jordan, I mean on uh, LeBron, after he missed, I'm just hypothetical. I'm not saying this really happened. After he just missed two game-winning free throws and said, I can't, I, I can't play with LeBron. LeBron's the reason why I'm not great. LeBron's the reason why I can't make these. I didn't miss you feeling like, like that team with LeBron and Kyrie Irving and those guys, man. Those guys are the reason why I'm not. I'm not better. Seriously, 
You think LeBron was going? You think LeBron swallows that well? As an organization, don't you think you have the you have? It's your job to protect the players that are there. We don't get paid to come out here and you know try to babysit somebody, and um, so that's that's not our job. And I'm sure my teammates feel that way. Uh, so we we really focus on just you know winning and you know playing as a team. Uh, the main thing for us is to have fun, and I think we don't have that a lot. Why would you bring like people talk about COVID and viruses and shit like that? Why would you bring that virus into your building? Why? Because you got to pay them? Pay them. You can, ex my whole thing is, he can come into the building. He can't be with the team. He can go into an office. He can work out once the team is finished working out. He can't do any team activities. He's not with the team. He's on the payroll. It's a difference. You don't have to make him a part of the team. Why would you put this guy on a professional basketball court and your team is actively trying to win games? Do you trust that he's going to do the best thing for your team? It sends a horrible message. It's one of the worst decisions I can ever think of. It's the one of the worst decisions after all the damage that this man has, has this, this kid has actually said towards his teammates and to force his teammates to play with him again when you have an option not to. Maury, this is a horrible decision. If this is why you're bringing in Daryl Maury to make these kind of decisions, and, and, and I'm just trying to tell you, this is so typical. I'm being real with you guys now. You want to hear some real talk? This is so typical of, of corporate America just thinking that, that like black people can just deal with any circumstance. Like just deal with it kind of thing. Be a professional, really. Really, somebody insults you. Somebody comes in your house and and, and 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 defiles your house, disrespects your wife. You know what I mean? Push your kids down, and you bring it back in and say, "What's well, okay?" Like, uh, you know, um, once we find him a new home, everything's gonna be better. Like, no, man, stay away, man, stay out, leave. You you're not welcome here. The fact that this Joker actually thought it was cool to come to the Sixers facility unannounced is disrespectful. That's more disrespect. He has no respect for this organization. And this organization is going to force its players to fight with somebody to go in a foxhole with a dude that they can't trust? I mean, we're just, we're just taking this one step at a time. Um... You know, we're treating it day by day uh, that he's part of this team. And, you know, we're hoping to reintegrate him. Obviously, that doesn't look optimistic right now. I'm not uh, I'm not here to uh, to spin your audience. But, you know, every day, you know, it's it's, it's a little like uh, it's a little like Goodwill hunting every day. You know, we we expect him to come in and, and uh, move towards being able to help us on the floor because we know 
We know we're a better team with Ben Simmons, and we know that that's uh, the best plan for the team. Look, if you take a step back, like, my job is to give Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris the tools to have the best chance to win the title. The reality is we have a very good team, 1-15. to We have good role players. We have guys around Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris uh, who can win at a very high level. Um, Ben Simmons is a difference maker. I know, you know, right now, you know, there are people who are down on Ben Simmons, and, and there are good reasons for that, I think, from multiple perspectives, both on the floor and off. But the reality is this guy is in, in a multi-time all-star, so unless the coaches in the league who voted for him have lost their minds and don't know what an all-star is anymore, uh, who's one of the most impactful defensive players in the league, this is a very good player. And to give ourselves the best chance to win the title, you need difference makers. You don't need role players. Right now, any sort of trade, which obviously Ben Simmons wants, uh, the best thing we can do is get role players back. Um, That makes no sense. That will give us no better chance to win the title if we were to move Ben Simmons for role players. So people should buckle in. I mean, this this is going to go a long time because our, our only path my only job is to help us give the best chance to win the title. Uh, ben Simmons is a difference maker, so if we can get him back, he will help us win the title. If we can trade Ben Simmons for a difference maker, we will do it. I think that's best for everyone in this situation. The Sixers would never... I'm so out on the Sixers. I love Joel Embiid. I really do. I love Joel Embiid. I think the Sixers have a lot of really good young talent. I will be spending this time developing players like uh, Maxi, Isaiah Joe, uh, uh, Paul Reed. I will be spending these time, spending this time developing these kind of players. Why are you wasting your time begging for this Joker to come back and then have him on the court? I just think it's terrible. I mean, I'm saying you can have him come back into your facility, but he can't. He can't play here. He can't come. To, he can't practice here. And then, oh, do you think it's cool for you to have a practice and then have 25 kind of like doing layups in a corner? You think that's cool too? Just keep him away from the team. If you want him in the facility, fine. Have him give him an office. Give him a corner office. Give him a computer. He's on the payroll. He does not have to play. And you don't have to play him. If you have to, if you if you have to pay the kid, that's fine. You already allocated the money. It's not a problem. Just find the home. And here's the whole thing with the value thing, right? I'm just, this is this shit burns me up. How Philadelphia are we so delusional to think that we're the only fucking team in the NBA? Oh, Maury's not gonna uh, trade uh, 25 and two. He can get Dame Lillard. Fuck, hold up. Don't you think that if Dame Lillard was on the market, that every team in the league could put up a, a, a pretty good package for him? Only like real rat. It's. Is 25 the best player available to trade for Damian Lillard? Is 25 the best player available to trade for Bradley Bill? Seriously? You honestly think that? 
Every team got players, dog. And out of all those guys, I don't care what, how many times he made it to an all-star team. Shit don't mean nothing to me. It don't mean nothing to no GMs either. We were talking about the here and now. Nick Anderson made it to an all-star team. Played for the Orlando Magic. Crumbled in the playoffs. Never made another one. It's okay. Some cats actually peak at 23, peak at 24. It might be a wrap at 25 for him. Don't tell me about three-time All-Star, two-time defensive player and all this shit. Okay, two-time defensive player. Tell me who the fuck he shut down. Who? Kawhi Leonard? LeBron James? Trey Young? Jason Tatum? Kevin Durant? James Harden? Giannis, Kyrie Irving, like who is this? Who is this guy really shutting down? Luka Doncic, like who is this guy shutting down on a night in, night out basis? Defensive player, Mister Defensive Player of the League. It's all cap, yo. The Sixers created all this narrative around this dude to to make him appear as he's an equal to Joel, and he's not. And and and, and the first thing I do give Maury this. The first thing that Maury did was he's not this man's equal. I do give Maury credit for that. But come on, yo. Other than that, and he's identif- Maury identifying that uh, Maury ident- identifying that we have to build around Joel and B, that also made the other guy a little upset. Once Maury and Doc pretty much made that known first day of practice when they saw Joel and B. Hey, oh my goodness. Come on, man. Come on. This is, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know why everybody thinks that this dude is so good. This two time defensive player, three time all star crap, all this triple doubles. These doors is. Watch the games, man. He's he's a good player. He's far from great. Nowhere near a superstar. And really, from every year around this time, I mean, every year around playoff time, he gets his game gets smaller and smaller. It happens every year. People forget he got benched for TJ McConnell three years ago. Benched for TJ McConnell. Brett Brown had to, had to start TJ McConnell at the point guard because the ball couldn't handle the role because the game got too hot for him. He wasn't prepared. That was three years ago. And he got nowhere better since. If you look at his numbers, they go dead going down every year. They're not ascending. It really isn't. We trying to make this out to be like, deeper than what it is. Okay. Let me break these playoff stats down, right? In in 2018, he averaged 16 points a game. In 2019, he averaged 13 points a game. 2020, he was hurt. 2021, which is the next year, he averaged 11 points a game. I mean, are you come on, man? I mean, come on now. Now think about this. In the playoffs, in 2018, he shot 70% from, from the free throw line. 
right? In 2019, he shot 57% from the free throw line. In 2021, last season, he shoots 34% from the free throw line. He's dropping 20 percentage points every single year. These are the real numbers. You you don't think GMs are looking at these joints? If I can just pull them up. So what makes you think this dude is going to get you Bradley Bill? Brandon Ingram. Damian Lillard. He walked in and he set him up. He walked in and he saw that Ben wasn't engaged. And so he called him in to get into a drill. And Ben declined. He called him again to get into a drill. Doc was ready to throw him out. He lucky Doc Rivers didn't put them paws on him because I saw him almost put them hands on Rondo one time. Well, let's let's you you called it trash talking, RJ, what they did to him after game seven. Yeah. Let's let's review that. Doc Rivers was asking Ben Simmons to be a championship level point guard right now. He said, I don't know. That's a true, honest response. Fair. Joel Embiid said, I think the game turned when we had a dunk and we got one free throw. True, honest response. Joel Embiid later said, we turned over the entire franchise, including letting Jimmy Butler walk to accommodate Ben Simmons. True, honest response. Let him finish. Let, let him go. finish. No, you're an, you're an ex-player. You're an ex-player. I've been pro-player empowerment. I don't mind trade demands at all. You know what trade demands do? All they do is even the balance of power between teams and players. Because you guys know teams can trade you at the drop of a hat. Trade requests, totally fine. But you know what? You can be disgruntled. You have a trade request. You have an obligation to play hard in practice and in games. Right. And that's not me just making up some, oh, the spirit Agreed. of competitions. It's in the collective Tell bargaining the CBA, agreement. Zach, you have to going. render good Tell play. About the CBA. You have to Anyone give his best. for Kendrick over You have there? to give his best services as well as his loyalty and all this. It's a little bit vague and you can bet the owners are going to fight for more specific language and harsher penalties for this because I don't, I, again, I have no problem with the trade request. No problem with anything. You are obligated to show up and play hard. We got more Wu-Tang coming. Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang. This is Fly Sports Talk, not Dry Sports Talk, you heard? Like smoking Joe Frazier, the hell raiser, raising hell with the flavor, terrorize the jam like troops in Pakistan, swinging through your town like your neighborhood Spider-Man, so all uh, tick-tock and keep ticking, while I get you flipping off the shit I'm kicking, the Lone Ranger, co-ed, danger, deep in the dark with the art, to rip the charts apart, the vandal, too hot to handle your battle, you're saying goodbye like Devin Campbell, roughneck, Inspector Dex on the set, the rebel, I make more noise than heavy metal, the way I make the crowd go wild, sit back, relax, won't smile, Ray got it going on pal, call me the rap assassinator, rhymes rugged and built like Schwarzenegger, and I'ma get mad deep like a threat, blow up your project, then take all your assets, cause I came to shake the frame in half with the thoughts that bomb, shit like math, so if you wanna try to flip, yo flip on the next man, cause I'll grab the clip and hit you with 16 shots and more I got, going to war with the melting pot, I it's the method man for short, Mr. Map. Move it on your left. Ah, and shut it off. Get it off. Let it off like a gat. I wanna break through. Cop me back. Small change. They putting shame in the game. I take game and blow that nigga out the frame. And like bang, my fella live forever. 
crossing over like they don't know no better. But I do. True, can I get a sue? Not respect due to the one six ooh. I mean, oh, yo, check out the phone like the Hudson or PCP when I'm dusting. Niggas off because I'm hot like sauce. The smoke from the lyrical butt make me. Uh, What grab my nut get screwed? Ow! Here comes my Shaolin style. True B A B B Y U. To my crew with the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, baby, baby, come on. Baby, come on, baby, baby, come on. Yo, the best to check your neck. First things first, man. You with the worst. I'll be sticking pins in your head like a nurse. I'll attack any slack in this map. Come fully packed with the fat bucket stack. Shame on you when you step through two. The old dirty bastard, straight from the Brooklyn Zoo. And I'll be damned if I let any man come to my center. You enter the winter, straight up and down. That shit that cam, you can't slam. Don't let me get fooled on the man. The old dirty bastard is dirty and stinking. They saw unique rolling with the knife of the creeps. The be rolling with the stairs. Ain't saying gas, wipe my style. I'll bite your motherfucker. So book me. Not long is how long that this rhyme took me. Ejecting styles from my lethal weapon. My pen that rocks from here to Oregon. Here's more again. Catch it like a psycho flashback. I love gats. Rat was a gun. You wouldn't bust back. I'm going with all types of shapes and sounds. And where I lounge is my stomping grounds. I give an order to my peeps across the water to go and snatch up props all around the border and get far like a shooting star. The shoe I'm all is living the life of Pablo Escobar. Point blank as I kick the square bits. See that feeling mad hostile, wearing out hostile. No one like Christ when I speak the gospel. Stroll with the holy roll, then attack the globe with the buckets. Style the rockets, ten times ten men committing mad sin. Turn the other cheek and I'll break your chin. Slain boom bangs like African drums. Coming around a mountain when I come, crazy flamboyant for the rap enjoyment. My clan increased like black unemployment. Yeah, another one there. Took, took a genius, take us the slamming for these coke killer labels so ain't had hit since i seen aunt mabel be doing all the sin like kane did able now they money's getting stuck to the gum under the table that's what you get when you misuse what i invent your empire falls and you lose every cent but trying to blow up a scrub now that thought is just as bright as a 20 watt light bulb should have pumped it when i rocked it it's so stingy they got short arms and deep pockets this goes on in some companies with majors that scared to death to pump these First of all, who's your A&R? A mountain climber who plays an electric guitar. But he don't know the meaning of dope when he's looking for a suit and tie rap that's cleaner than a boss soap. And I'm the dirtiest thing in sight. Matter of fact, bring out the girls and let's have a mud fight. The best to check your neck. people think that that this is the kind of guy that a team thinks that they can build around and not only do you have to deal with the player but you obviously as an organization you gotta deal with the person which might even be even more of a headache i'm trying to tell you the numbers are there 
The reason why 25 is so good is because he plays with a guy named Joel Embiid. That's real reason. That's it's it's that's why he's been able to get away with it. He's upset that he wasn't allowed to make mistakes like other like other number one overall picks. What is he talking about? What the hell is he talking? This is this is how you can tell that this dude has no knowledge of the game and the history of the game. The number one overall pick is supposed to turn franchises around. That's what they're supposed to do. Once they draft you, you are supposed to become good. That's how you know he's not a student of the game. He wants to be the number one overall pick and don't even know what it means. Don't even know what he represents. The Sixers have all this information. They have all this data. They are the king of analytics. They have all this information, yet they think that the numbers would tell you that it's a good idea to bring this guy back into the organization. And not just bring him back, beg for him to come back. When all they had to do is say, stay where you are. You don't want to get paid. We're not going to make it a big deal. They made it a story. Well, you got the fucking coach coming on Stephen A. Smith show begging for the dude to come back. He could have came on that show and easily said, I coach the players that are in the room. That are in the, that are on the gym, that is on the court. That should have been the message. When asked by Daryl Morey, hey, when he wants to come back, he can give me a call. We, we, we can see what we can work out. But but it's obvious that he's not committed. He's not even all in on being on the team. I think that the organization's making it's one of the worst decisions I've seen in organizations. Honestly, I'm being dead ass serious. So, you know, just to wrap this whole 25 thing up, man, you know what I mean? Just to wrap all this up is the bottom line is the solution to me, to me is to send them to Delaware. Send them to the Blue Coats. Send them to the G League. Send 25 to the G League and have them work on this game and have our coaches, our, our trainers assess his skill level and see if he's ready to be and play in a team concept and see if he can handle the responsibilities of being a point guard, running, pick and roll, running, running, pick and pop, you know, things like that. You know what I mean? Like that's probably the best way to handle it to me. And if he doesn't go, then you don't pay him. You find him. Because what, what you're doing is basically it's a legitimate request. Like, why, why can't you send your player to the G League? I mean, this joker today goes to the facility. He had to show up today because he didn't play in the game last night. The team didn't practice, but because um, players who didn't play a lot last night 
or didn't play at all had showed up to the team facility. So he shows up to the team facility and fakes an injury. He tells people that, you know, he has a bad back and he says mental health isn't right. I mean, this is sad, yo. I mean, like, this is sad. And I'm, I'm telling you, like, and you have the GM on the radio today saying that, you know, we think the best thing for the team is to, uh, you know, is to bring this guy back, integrate him to the, in, integrate him into the roster. That sounds ridiculous, yo. I swear it is. It's silly. Like, we'll do this for four more years. But again, you know, what we're trying to do is put the best team on the court. Are you really putting the best team on the court? Like, like, and I said it earlier in the uh, pod. Uh, I just don't understand why Maury is so hell-bent thinking that he's going to score Dane Miller when there are so many other teams in the league that can go after him. Offer a better package with players who actually play, players who actually improve, players who actually care, good teammates, people with good standing, good character, good morals. When you got all these other options, dude is not that good for another team to want to deal with this type of behavior. He's not. I, I don't understand why, you know, Maury has this vision of, you know, this is our last trade trade chip. It isn't. It really isn't. As long as you have Joel and B, you can trade anybody on the roster for any player. We just saw Giannis win a championship. And I didn't see Milwaukee dangle Middleton to get Drew Holiday. I mean, Eric Bledsoe could be equivalent to Tobias Harris. Or Eric Bledsoe could be equivalent to, you know, Maxi in a, in a team of picks. Like, who knows what's the necessary what's necessary to make a deal work with another team and how desperate another team will be at some other point in time. But Maury is turning down pretty good deals right now, from what I understand. I heard he turned down the Sacramento deal. I heard he turned down the deal with Portland. CJ McCullough. And Robert Covington, I just watched the Sixers the other night. You had CJ McCullough to this to the squad. They dangerous. They dangerous. You had a player like De'Aaron Fox or a combination of Halliburton and Hill to this squad. We dangerous. We're way better. I don't know. I think the concept of trying to integrate, even the talk of integrating this guy back into the roster, back into the team, is disrespectful to everybody on that team. It's disrespectful to the coach. It's disrespectful to, to the fans. 
I mean, Mori don't fucking get it. And really, this mess is on his fucking watch. He didn't get the Harden trade done. Let's just, let's keep it a buck. He didn't find a point guard in the offseason, knowing that he had a problem with his point guard. He couldn't foster a trade during the offseason, knowing that this guy was going to act like a clown once he got here, if he got here, that this was going to be a shit show. He saw this coming. He saw this coming. I just, and you know, this sign of weakness is just a bad look. If it was me, if I was the GM of the team, I would demote 25 to the G League to work on his game. And if he goes to the G League and tear it up and he's shooting and running pick and roll and running pick and pop and out there playing hard and act like he wants to be back on the team and apologize to his teammates, apologize to his organization, apologize to the ownership, Apologize to the fan base if he does all those things, if he's willing to do the work. I still don't know. I don't know if it's real. He ain't a real cat. It's disrespectful to Joel and B. It's disrespectful to Tobias Harris. You know, Maxi. Forcon. Green. Curry. It's disrespectful to these guys to bring this guy back. It's totally it's disrespectful to Doc. Doc should be like, listen, I don't want this guy back. Joel should walk in and say, yo, you don't bring that motherfucker back. Don't say you won't bring this dude back. So that's my whole thing, man. I, I'm just, it's, it's, it's extreme. I wish the franchise would be very stern and say he's a part of the organization. But right now, he's not a part of this team. He's not a part of this team. He has to earn his way back onto this roster. It's a lot of work to do. It's time to get busy. If he wants to come back on this team, he has work to do. A lot of work to do. And guess what he's known for? Not putting in the work. So what you think going to happen? So what you think going to happen? You think he's going to put in the work? You think he's going to Delaware to work on his shop? You think he's going to follow orders? You think he's going to be respectful? Ain't going to happen. It's going to be the same way. Nothing's going to change. It's going to get worse. And Maury's going to look worse. And his value is going to keep decreasing. The best thing to do is just to send him home. But, like I said... If you send him to Delaware, he's not going to go. You put him in a corner. If you don't go to Delaware, you don't go to the Blue Coats, to the G League, so we can watch you, see you working your game, show your commitment to the franchise, show your, show your commitment to the team, reacclimate it to yourself, reacclimate yourself to our system, our offense, our culture. Dog, you on the outskirts, B. Like, this sports shit, like, all these teams shit, like, we ain't no just walking back and forth to different teams and all that. All this shit, all this shit's sacred. You got to earn your way back in. And it's still, we may not want you. Ain't no guarantee. But get to work, buddy. 
This is the Bushman Podcast, Glockwood Radio. We go way, way, way beyond what's the people stay in the building. Man, energy still here. We got some freshness coming up. All woo, all woo. Choose the sword and you will join me. Choose the ball and you join your mother in death. You don't understand my words, but you must choose. Lots of different. I know I'm ran, I'm rambling on this genre. But I gotta I gotta touch a few more things. I got I got I gotta touch I gotta touch a couple. More. I'm so sick and tired of you know, uh, you know the black establishment in the NFL upset about racist shit by John Gruden and racist stuff by the owners and the NFL being a racist league, man. Shut the fuck up with that. Shut up. I'm sick of it. I'm sick about the black coaches. I'm sick about play, uh, now, uh, uh, you know what I mean? John Gruden calling people niggas and all that shit in their emails and 
uh, women and, and disrespectful and the homophobic and all that shit. I mean, I'm, I'm sick of all that shit. You know why? Because when it was time for every black man in that league to have an ounce of dignity, they all turned their head away from Colin. They all turned their head away from Colin. You cannot, what Colin Kaepernick did and what he stood for at the time was a testament on the character of the men who played in the league and worked for the NFL. You got guys like Troy Vincent crying on TV about he can't believe this and Oh, like, you got black men like that endorsing this shit, knowing that they try to give uh, Kaepernick a dirty contract. Now you got information about Jeff Pash, who was the head of uh, legal for the NFL. He's the one who designed all these dirty contracts for the NFL regarding CTE, regarding Kaepernick and things like that. But when it was time for black men to band together and dignify them, themselves as the most valuable commodity that that fucking league has. And, 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 and basically, the Kaepernick thing was about having dignity and self-respect and integrity. It wasn't about anything else. It wasn't about money. It wasn't about job opportunities. It wasn't about anything else about, except for yourself fucking respect and not a single black athlete except for a few dudes stood by him. Not one fucking black coach. Not one black executive. Not one black scout. Not one black TV analyst. Not a single fucking one consistently came on television and stood by fucking Kaepernick. Consistently. When it was time to show your hands for all that, and now you're upset that all this dirt is coming out. That the inner, yes, yes, yes. When it was time for you to bend and make your case. You dig what I'm saying? You all stood down. Saying shit like, well, I got a family to feed. Saying shit like that. Now, now they just throwing the racism in your face and they telling you to swallow that shit because you don't got nowhere else to go. You don't have anywhere else to go. Cause when it was time for you to stand up for yourself, you look the other way. Now you want to fight. It's too late. It's too late. I've said this before on my podcast. It's too fucking late. You want a plantation, nigga. Now, swallow it. Deal with it. Run, nigga, run. Catch that ball. I don't want to hear nothing about all that. 
about emails and Morris Smith and Nixon and Lips and all that kind of stuff like that. Too late. Where was the Morris Smith? Where was the Morris Smith? Well, when they try to take away uh, Kaepernick's civil rights and his right to work in that league. The Morris Smith wasn't serious about defending that man's rights. He knew he was being violated. He, was, he didn't take that shit serious because he worked up a good relationship with, you know, with Goodell. We got a good working relationship here. Right. Until someone calls Goodell a faggot and someone says that you got mission lips, now it's a problem. And I shouldn't be saying these terms, but the reason why I'm, make, I'm making a point that it's not a problem until it is. It was a problem back then and we, and Cap told you it was. And he didn't understand, like no one else did, why aren't we all banding together? Oh, because you got families to feed. When it's you, it hurts. You have people, black men crying on television, talking about, I don't understand why I don't have a job. I don't understand why I can't get an opportunity. I don't understand why I'm not a head coach. I don't understand. I don't get it. I, I've done everything I'm supposed to do. Begging. When it was time for you to stand up for your integrity, you look with your head down. You put your tail between your legs. When it wasn't about the money, and when it's all about your integrity, you turned away from it. I don't want to hear no more racist shit about the NFL. Zero. We all watch a plantation sport, me included. We watch a fucking plantation sport. That's it. That's it. They don't look at these men as men. They look at them as cattle. They put it in a damn CTE report. It's in writing. Got the, the damn league talking about black men, cognitive ability is less than a white man. So them having brain damage don't fucking really matter because they can't think any fucking way. That's in a fucking report. Oh, Jeff Pash, that guy, the guy who uh, who tried to give Kaepernick the city contracts or who oversaw that process. Yeah, that's the same guy who made that case. Troy Vincent, you see him doing all that crying on TV? All that crying about black men and he don't understand why? Had a, had a, a player personnel for the NFL. Demora Smith, all that, oh, we're gonna open up, we wanna get access to all the open emails after, after they insulting him, too late. trying to hear that shit from them guys, man. Sorry for all the profanity. But it's just nonsense. It's ridiculous. It's ignorant. To think that the, that the facts wasn't already presented to you. They already told you. And you refused to fight back. You know what I'm saying? All these men need to go to college and apologize to him. We got guys like Des Bryant still saying dumb stuff. Like Captain sacrificed his career. Someone he didn't find, he didn't give jobs or something. What? That's all this man has been doing is donating money. After losing all his money, he oh well, Captain Nick is doing book deals or something. Yo, 
How this man supposed to live? He can't play football no more. You just want, you just want to break him. You want to turn him into the Panthers? Just, just take away all his funding, take away everything. Turn, you know what I mean? You want to move in the corner, something crap, something weed and shit. Nah. He just made his message into a movement and learned how to monetize it. Just for, for survival. And, and, and so he can still donate to the causes that he represents. I can't do that playing football no more. Come on, man. You're kidding. I don't want to hear none of that crap. Hear none of this nonsense about, you know, black coaches all sad and oh, I'm sick of that crap. We, we in a plantation sport. I watch it. You work in it. They playing it. That's it. And if you want to do something about it, I guess you can have a conversation and kind of like ban, but it's going to take a lot more than just, you know, wolf tickets. The first thing, if every black player was offended by what the Morrisons, why can't we all do this? Why can't every black player, right, for one week, for one Sunday, and not show up to work? Games can't be played. Then you can see the value of the black men in this league. I'm not talking about just players. I'm talking about all the black men. I'm talking about every black coach, every black scout, every black uh, every black uh, uh, person who worked in the all the black people, all the black cheerleaders, all the black people who have anything to do with professional sports or professional football for that day, we're not showing up to work on that Sunday. Not a single one of us. Zero. And let the NFL explain to NBC, Fox, CBS. Let them explain to them why they can't put on a game. Because they don't know how to treat their workers. Because their workers got to have to deal in a hostile racial environment. And guess what? There's paperwork on that shit. If they want to take that shit to court, if, 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 if the NFL want to say that, that, that oh, oh, well, that's not true, there's, there's documentation that said it is true. So they can go, so, so, so like the, so like the, so the NFL can't even say to ESPN, oh, that's a lie. They can't go to CBS and say, that's a lie. They can't go to, to NBC and Fox and say, oh, they lying. It's the NFL's job to produce football games. And if the workers strike and protest a game, it's the fault of the NFL and the owners. And all the advertisers are going to come hard down on ESPN. ESPN is going to come hard down on the NFL. And I guess the NFL can come down hard on the players, but the players can be like, you know what? We're going to sit out another week. Now, guess what? You forfeit checks. And that's when you get a little bit creative. That's where you sit down. You might talk to a guy like Elon Musk. That's where you may try to develop some kind of crypto exchange and go learn, learn how to work with some money and talk to the CEO of Alibaba or some shit like that and do some fly shit where you can supplement some of this shit. 
and then really start thinking out of the box. If it has, if it comes to it, if it comes to normally, once you do stuff like that, and the NFL realizes that they forfeited on, on a contract to produce a football game, and they gotta pay hundred million dollars in fines. No, they just might do. It might be easier to show a little respect to these black people that that had that actually built this fucking game. Maybe it's a little bit instead of playing hardball with these men, huh? Instead of playing hardball with these men, why won't we? Treat them a little better. Show them a little bit more respect. They are as valuable as they say they are. You know what I'm saying? Like we missed a whole week. Now we gotta pay billions of dollars. We gotta pay hundreds of million dollars in fines. We got this, this is the, uh, the social capital is just tremendous. Maybe we should stop the racism in the league. How about that guys? Like, like do we really wanna go to hardball with these guys and break these men? Because you know, if, if, if they're not making money, we're not making money either. Now, of course, you got a couple assholes. I don't care. This is nothing but a hobby to me. Then that's the kind of owner you need to get out of the league. Right? He ain't trying to do business. You have you you, you identify who, who the real problem players are within your organization. You got 32 owners. You got four or five guys saying, no, let's break them. First of all, they, they should be overruled, and the next thing you should be trying to do is find people to replace them. It's bad business. Why would you want a hostile working environment for the people who make all the money for you? It don't make no sense, right? But if the, NFL, if the black men in the NFL all the black men are searching. I'm talking about all the black men are searching. I'm talking about announcers, everything. Nobody's showing up. Cameramen, nobody's showing up. I'm Mike Tarico too. Dungey ain't showing up either. Dungey, you better not show up. You better not show up, Dungey. So that's my point. That's how you show solidarity, power, integrity, and you get people to, to respect you. And then you come to the table and you and you work out because this is not really about the money. This is about the way we're being treated. And how you can treat people. And you can take away their civil rights. And if you take away their civil rights, you can take away their careers. And you know this is a short career league. We understand that. We're not fighting for that. All we just try fighting for is to be respected as men here. And to get equal opportunity. You got guys like Nick Sirianni coaching the Eagles. And guys like Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator for the Bucks. It's like night and day. Like, how did he become a coach and Brian Leftwich can't get an interview? It's a problem. That kind of thinking has to die in this league. But it won't. And it's okay. It's, all, it's okay. Because we have already said we're going to support a plantation system that doesn't respect players as men. Look at them as uh, cattle. 
And you know, they're interchangeable parts and we've all accepted it. So don't cry the racism shit. You don't gotta do it. You know what I'm saying? You don't. I don't even want to hear it. So let's let's get off that that narcotic, that racism narcotic. Let's not even play that game. For two centuries, we worked here without weight. We made cotton king. We built our homes and homes for our masters. Facing injustice and humiliation at every point. Yet out of a bottomless vitality, we continue to live and grow. If the inexpressible cruelties of slavery are Mechanically, strike nerves like goes first. It can it be hard to touch? It's hard to fuck be playing with their fantasies. Respect this specialist black testaments to get your necklace. You have the name scratched up off my guest list. Party freak, you the type of nigga that'll hardly speak unless you spoke to. You throw a cold screw, but sober up when I'm approaching you. At the same time, we posting two niggas on that ass that's going to do what they supposed to do. The limelight snatched away from you because it's my night. Killer arm blades out of the twilight. You better get your lines right. Half of these crabs can't even rhyme right with dust flows. Robotic movements and blurry eyesight. What you wanna already got? And after troll, I keep my head high. Hand pun cock and pocket swollen. You foldin', you faggot yeah. ass fuck. Yo, Hello, she never fails. Shoot a dart sharper than the carpenter's nail. Inhale life, exhale strive, anxiety strife. Blowing smoke out my peace pipe, ducking the snipe shot off the top of the White House. The cop pauses. War never does as many causes. My offense is my defense. Extreme but cautious. Moving ciphers, high velocities, making you nauseous. You're forcing it. Terrorists Extortionist, aborting this spaceship that's spacious, space it almost could taste it. Pioneer, looking for honey in his matrix. The cases, it's not your basic way to make shit, embrace it. Knowing someday you have to face it. So fuck y'all, analog niggas, we be digital. Wu Tang killer army, we ain't dispensable. We never fall, we stand tall like skyscrapers. Injustice for all. So fuck y'all, so fuck y'all, niggas. Hard to grapple, I'm made of a sharp scaffold technique. Slaps you, invasion, body snatch you. Money grip, I smoke the honey dip blunts. Terry bomb, very calm. First post like a shot from the Berry Homes. You be most wise to pay close attention to Willie Lynching. It's stupid to fuck with Bobby Steele's henchmen. I step into presidential credentials. It's evident, our potential be infinite. Deluxe, magnetic, flux, invincible. Obi-Wan, Kenobi, Swartley, Gordon, Dolby. Alexis, Kobe, Broad, try to control me. Pussy whip me, like Toby. Fuck the local, I move global. Economical, just seize promise, fool. My info glow in the dark. Wu-Tang logo sparks your attention. Look, listen, observe, killer beast, swerve. Slam like Dr. Julius Irv. Still strike the vital nerve. Charter through the Magna Carta, champ like Otis and Carter. Wild like a Shaolin Chow, my man is harbor. King got the vines, lost his shines. Head burst open like a bottle of pines. Use penmanship when I write my script. Blunt spark, I'm at the Markham Homes. Killer Hill Syndrome, peace to two-tone. You must know me to understand me. And once you do, you realize I'm you. Everything I do, honey bee from the beehive, evergreen, freeze, dried leaf, smoke, killer priest from the tribe of Levi, spoke, thou and I steal or blood spill, the indestructible Bobby Stills is here. Yo, in the heat of the night, my 477, mash on the mic, killer army and trapper John MD. Four metal jackets, cause some got to have it. Killer be killed, only time will reveal. I think by myself and I drink by myself from 9, 8, and 10. Let me know it's real, son, if it's really real. Understandable, self-explainable, caution, John Blaze flammable. 
when under pressure, interchangeable instead. Coming down like precipitation. As I reign undisputed, how Johnny do it, dangerously. Whooping cough, <coughs> to and off. Stank pussy, make my dick sore. Huh, bottom line be this. High explosive, not for the average Joseph. Come and get some, hold eight and keep one. Up in the chamber, flash with my middle finger. Nine swordsmen attack like the four horsemen. See me dog walking, strictly ghetto, slang talking. All up in these guts often. These rap niggas, a fish out, we slap niggas with mad charges. Dope shit regardless. We usually take another nigga's garments. What? Straight up and down, I got this rap shit locked in 98. Niggas can't escape the laws that I enforce like top-notch politicians. Who be politicking? Plans to expand total destruction across the planet. And microchip software placed in the rear of your ear as I stood the next year. On your analog niggas, fuck y'all, we be digital. Shit is critical, like the hallways in my projects. Similar to the streets in Tybeck. Fuck that, I ain't playing with a full deck, son. Son. If you're anything like me, you're often confronted by dumb white people who like to remind you that 13% of the population, you know, black people, commit 50% of the murders. So I want to teach you how to respond using this secret technique that dumb white people don't know about. It's called math. Now, what these people are usually talking about is the FBI database. So we have to see how many black arrests the FBI made in 2019, which is 4,078. Now, remember, all of these black people weren't convicted, but let's go with that number. Next, we're going to go to the U.S. Census Bureau's website to see how many black people there are in America. So what we're going to do now is take the total number of black people who were arrested for murder, which is 4,078, and we're going to divide that by the total number of black people in America, 48,221,139. So this is the percentage of black people who are murderers. Let's turn it into a negative number because murder is negative. We're going to add it to one or, you know, 100% if you know a little bit about decimals. And let's multiply that by 100 because, you know, decimals confuse some people. So 99.991543% of black people are not murderers. So if someone wants to categorize you by something 99.991543% of black people don't do, or even if they just asked you to explain it, the way that you respond is to tell them to get out of your fucking face, you motherfucking racist. And remember, that's not mean. That's just math. So the NFL is in full swing. And, you know, I'm in Philly. So one of the hotter things in Philly is, you know, the whole Jalen Hurts thing. I'm not going to go too deep into it. I do want to tap on it a bit. And the only reason I want to tap on it is, like, you got to just get a brother shot, man. Like, just get a brother shot. I mean, damn. I mean, he just got in the position, like, last year, we, we totally forget last year. We totally forget last year that there was no real preseason, right? 
You know what I mean? He didn't get any reps because of COVID. Everything is so different. Like, this is technically his rookie year. He was thrown in the last four weeks of the season, not because he demanded to play or he was pushing the other quarterback. Because the other quarterback was the worst quarterback in the league. You know what I'm saying? The other quarterback was the worst quarterback in the league. I mean, Doug Peterson had no choice. He had no choice. You know what I'm saying? So all I'm saying about this that Sirianni's a young coach. He, the, the, the whole thing with Sirianni is this, is that he's supposed to be an offensive coordinator, a receivers coach. And our receivers are arguably the worst outside of linebacking or the worst unit on the team. They're the second worst unit on the team. The consistent mistakes they make out there on the field, the receivers make tons of mistakes. They can't do a, 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 a they, they can't run a traditional pick play. It took them six weeks to run a pick play. Like Sirianni, you're a fucking receivers coach, dog. The lack of a running game is just it's unbelievable. And everybody want to compare, you know, Carson Wentz to Jalen Hurts. Carson's played better over the last two weeks. Look at the, the look at the Indianapolis running game. Look at the coach running game. Jonathan Taylor has been amazing. A Frank, like Carson Wentz threw the ball 20 times. He was 11 for 20. That's not like no high percentage, no shit like that. That's a man handing off the ball. That's the man handing off the ball. So here's the thing, here's the thing about this, right? Frank Wright is the coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Sirianni, I guess, was his protege. Sirianni becomes the coach of the Eagles. Wright actually believes in a balanced offensive attack. Sirianni doesn't. What the fuck did you learn from Frank Wright? The Eagles offense. I know I'm talking about a lot of Philadelphia sports, and I try not to do that on my podcast. I try to try to be broad, but the the hottest topics are the 25 thing, and the Hurst thing does have some uh, national relevance because it has to do with Carson. So I'm trying to just make make this quick point, but I mean the Eagles. Ran the ball one one time in the first half. I think last week. Oh, uh, uh, last week they ran about three times all game, all game, all game. No motion, no everything's in shotgun. No motion, like one receiver route, one receiver route. High school, that's that's pop water shit. One receiver routes is real pop one shit, just so you know. Two receiver routes? Come on, man. Stop it. Stop. Stop. The, the offensive, the Eagles have zero offensive identity or, or, or philosophy. They just played Tampa Bay the other day. Tampa Bay literally had zero cornerbacks. Let me tell you, zero cornerbacks. The Eagles... Average speed of our receivers is a 4-2. We should have been throwing the ball down the field consistently. All I see is short routes, comebacks, you know, little little dinky plays, little, little, little bubble screen shit. Like, what? No motion, no creativity, no switches, no offense. Like, it's just trash. It's so easy to read. The keys are so easy to read. You know what they're coming 
every single play. The coaching has just been atrocious. And here's my thing on Jada. Yes, is he the most dynamic athlete that, that, that we've ever seen at the quarterback position? Absolutely not. Is he good enough to play quarterback in the NFL? We'll see. All I'm saying is, give him a chance. It took Drew, Ye- Drew Brees, right? It took Drew Brees several years to become a good quarterback. Six years. Six years. San Diego, like, he's not good enough. But yeah, six years. Sam Darnold, how many years did they have in the Jets? Daniel Jones in New York. Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. I'm just saying, these are all quarterbacks with limitations. They, you have to learn what, and they're all bad too, but they've had a chance. I'm not saying Hurts is going to be just like those guys. He could be. But I'm saying is, if you're taking with the fact that he's a dual threat quarterback and all you do is pass the ball, then you take away the dual threat portion of what makes him great. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's a run-pass quarterback, but not if he has to do all the running and all the passing. You have to have some semblance of a running game to make his ability to run even more dynamic. And to maximize his ability to throw the ball because he's not the type of quarterback that can throw the ball 40, 50 times a game. And I think Frank Reich has learned that with Carson. He's not a, a quarterback that can throw the ball with 40 times a game. But if I can get him in that 28, between, you know, 20 and 30 passes a game, he can be an effective quarterback. That's understanding who you have on your roster. I mean, there's just no rhyme or reason to what's really going out on the field out there. To what Sherry is trying to accomplish. He never tries to establish the run. So you can do all that play action uh, read option shit. He never has hurts under center. And I'm not a always un- gotta be under center guy, but you gotta be able for the defense to see other things. And, you know, he's a shoddy play caller. So I, I'm not, it's, listen, and, and Jalen, here's my thing on Jalen, and I, I said I was going to say this before, but here's my real thing on Jalen, is that we, is that every black quarterback got to be a superhero. And he just can't be a developmental project. He got to be a fucking superhero. He got to be Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, Dak Prescott. He has to be a superhero. He can't be like a Bridgewater and develop him and play from the game up, the head up. Like Bridgewater, like a guy like Kirk Cousins. He can't be that. Black quarterback can't be that guy. He's Because they immediately say he ain't good enough. Black quarterback got to be, he got to run the fastest and throw the farthest. And because Jalen doesn't have that type of talent or ability, right, he's not good. Instead of him learning what he can and cannot do and what his limitations are and how to maximize his strengths in this game 
in this new offense with this brand new coach. Instead of having those kind of op opportunities afforded to him, he's on a game by game, you know, audition. And that's corny, man. Because no quarterback is like that. The guy that every, I'm listening to a radio the other day, today, and I hear, you know, callers call up and they say, we should give Minshew a shot. The reason why the Jacksonville Jaguars had the number one pick is because Minshew played 16 games last year. That's a fact. Jalen Hurts won more games than Minshew this season than Minshew won all last year. Yet, you know, our fan base is dying to see Minshew. Why? I mean, that's just a fact. And Jalen Hurts' really offensive numbers for his first nine, ten games is pretty good. It's pretty good. It's not as bad as you think. Has he been great? Nope. He hasn't been great. Can he get better? He doesn't get better. But can this coaching staff, who's coaching, are they good? Are they great? Can they get better? I mean, that's really the question. And really, it should be something where we, as, as a fan base, we're watching it together. They should be growing together. And Jalen isn't the type of quarterback, really, that his ability is going to cover for his coach's mistakes. He just, he just don't have that kind of talent. But I still think he can be a very good winning quarterback because the guys love playing for him and he has just enough skill and he understands how to win games. He understands situations. So I'm willing to give Jalen more, more than just this season. I'm willing to give him this season and next season. And the reason, <clears throat> and the reason why, because in the draft, there are no clear-cut number one picks or top 10 quarterbacks in this year's draft. None. Zero. They aren't. Now, if you want to talk about, hey, we're going to go out and get uh, Deshaun Watson, the thing about Watson is he got a lot of shit with him. The thing about Watson is that thing is still sticky. <laughs> that thing is still sticky. <laughs> and we got to be very careful about dealing with Watson in that way. All right? So, you know, I love Watson. But there's some other guys that I think the Eagles will come in and maybe give Jalen some competition that I think has some potential to be a good, uh, to be a good, uh, to be some good competition for him. I mean, maybe Minshew is that guy. So if there's no quarterbacks in this year's draft and no quarterbacks and, 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 and no real options outside of Watson. And if Watson's a real option, he's going to have suitors. If, if he's a real option, he's going to have real suitors, right? So if, if that's the case, why wouldn't you just develop the guy that you have? And that's Jalen. Man, it's time for some freshness. This is the Bushman Podcast, Glockwood Radio. We go way, way, way beyond what some smart people stay in the building. This is Fly Sports Talk, not Dry Sports Talk. You heard? Yeah, 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 yeah
niggas don't even know, son. Yo, take the joint. Boom. Yo, I got a crazy idea how to do clocks now. Check it out. Boom. This how you freak them. Boom. You go get, you go get the cream joints, right? Boom. Now, now, or you, or you die. It's this shit right here. Boom. And this, you know what I'm saying? Any color you want. But it'll be like blue and cream. You know what I'm saying? Shit like that. Niggas don't even know some word is born. I'm a rock niggas this summer. On the real. You know what I'm saying? Yo, son. I had crazy vision. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Boom. Just imagine if you buy. Woo! Check it out. Just imagine you bought navy blue, right? A navy blue. A navy blue pair, right? Boom. But this, this shit. You know what I'm saying? But Doc, get this guy cream on top. You can't be that color, right? But you got a different, like a small blue cake, right? Check it, yo, 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 stand on the block, be rock, gun cock, avalanche rock, get paid off, mass murderous services, chef, break them, box the alley cats, bake them, pull nine, made them, drop grenades and take them, quick, fast, we reflect like the sky be blue, chill, Wu-Tang saga continue, rap Maya Lansky, crash your fantasy, getting high, fella, stand by, here's the plan, C. sit back, collecting, texting, checking, flowing slow in the Montero, flexing, beats break heavenly, word the INS, bless me, throw me like three bags of sets, for real, from the killer hill, locked and caged in, with small representatives, be acting like paid men, strive for wives, nine lies and lies, Max Ellen, enjoy the eyes, what, treasure reservations are ice, the rich new man, possess the power to hold G's, guns and grams, make them, make them, pull off a key, Proceed with caution as you enter the symphony. Degrees of punishment increase intensely. Syndrome was caused by the deadly drums, but the battle was won by swords being swung. Slicing with a vocal from the international vocalist. Your style is too local to fuck with this. Offensive antagonist, no assistance. Moving motionless, mysterious swiftness. Thoughts roll down the shaft of the brain. Mental gives the signal to the physical. Whirlwind kicks and hits from every angle. Violent temperaments, the continent. Dented, poison vintage, wine rhymes I invented. Drunk by the drunken punches that punches the heart. Vital sparks from the artery stalk. All up in the 
The next thing is, and I'm knowing running long, the Lamar Jackson hate is outrageous. I mean, can we just stop it already? Can we just stop with all this? All these other guys are better than Lamar Jackson. They're not. Let's just stop it. Lamar Jackson is the most dynamic player in the NFL, hands down. Hands down. Hands down. He totally dominates games unlike any player I've ever seen in the history of the NFL. He, he dominates he dominates games like he's out there playing high school football. Dominates men. He dominates men. Dominates men. I'm serious. If you really watch the games, he dominates men. He just dominates them in a way that you just like, this is outrageous. I don't know what to do. I just, I don't know what to do. Now, it's not GOAT. So GOAT different. Tom Brady different. He's surgical. But in just terms about a man dominating another player, like Shaq didn't always win championships, but he dominated the men that he played against. That's Lamar Jackson. He's Shaq. He dominates men. And he's the most dominant player in the NFL. He is. He's dominant. When you got a joker out here that can throw for 4,500 yards and rush for almost 1,200 yards. That's outrageous. That's outrageous. When you have that kind of skill, in the NFL, that's what you call domination. And he's doing his winning games. These ain't phantom stats. He ain't doing that shit losing. He's doing that shit winning 89% of his games. I'm sorry. It's like 79% of his games. He's winning 80% of his games, though. Think about that. Think about putting up these kind of numbers, winning 80% of your games. He dominates men. And all this Justin Herbert and, and Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen, those guys are good. They don't dominate men. Josh Allen is he, he almost there, but not like Lamar. Not like Lamar. Not like Lamar. Lamar different. Lamar different. He dominates men. And that's fat. And that's a fact. I'm saying, I don't think I, I, I really don't think people understand how good, how great the greatness of Lamar Jackson is. Damn. All right, I'm winding down. I promise. Promise. I gotta tap on some boxes because last week, last week. You probably saw one of the greatest or one of the best heavyweight fights in, in modern era, in, the, in our modern time. Definitely since in the 2000s, right? The 2000, uh, I can't think of a better heavyweight fight in the least in the 2000s, in the 2000s. 
it's been a quite a I think the best heavyweight fights I've seen since has been uh Bo Holyfield one and Bo Holyfield three. Those fights, I believe was in the late nineties, they were tremendous. But in terms, and this wasn't a fight about skill. It wasn't a fight about grace. It was a fight. It wasn't about boxing. This was a fight. These two men, I don't know how much they dislike each other, but they definitely don't like each other. And, you know, it was just a war of attrition. I mean, Wilder knocked Fury down two times. Fury knocks Wilder down three times. And, I, and Wilder, listen, man, I'm going to give Bomb Squad all the credit in the world. This man fought with more heart than I've seen any fighter fight in, like, like since Evander. Like, really, since Holyfield. Like, Holyfield's the only guy I know that could take that kind of punishment and still have enough wit to be able to muster enough, enough energy to still try to knock out his opponent or wear down his opponent, or just outbox and outfight his opponent. Wilder's the same way, but in a in a much more violent like way. He took so much punishment because he believed in his ability to, to be able. If I take these five, my one is enough to finish the show. That all I gotta do is get one more journal, and that's gonna end it. And you felt that because he landed even after he knocked Fury out. I mean, Fury down twice. He landed some massive right hands that would have probably put out half of the top 10 heavyweights. I'm talking about big joints. And Fury ate him. It got to the point where Fury was just too big to knock down. I, I, we underestimate how massive Tyson Fury is. He's a huge individual at 6'9", 280, 277. I mean, Wilder is, a, I mean, it wasn't a fight of grace. It was just a fight of attrition. And, you know, I have the most tremendous effect for Wilder. I have tremendous effect for Fury. I did not believe Fury was who everybody said he was back when he was conning around in that Klitschko fight years ago, how he became the lineal champion. But damn, he put it together, yo. He got through his demons. You know, when he won that Klitschko fight, he was doing all the partying and he had his, he went, he, he got over that. He conquered that, yo. He came back, put in the work, and now damn near one of the greatest in the heavyweights, one of the greatest heavyweights we've ever, ever, ever seen. He's putting up a great resume. And people are, oh, he fought the same guy three times. Well, Wilder is the second best heavyweight out there. We just saw Joshua lose to Yusek. And nothing to take away from Yusek, but Joshua, that's a fight that Joshua should have won. A cruiserweight coming up to beating a heavyweight, a heavyweight who is 6'6", 250 pounds, and the cruiserweight is only 220. And he's a blown up 220. He's not a real 220. Cruiser fights at 200. So Yusek's over, over, Yusek, 
Like over time, he had to build that physique. This is Joshua's natural size. Like Joshua should be way more effective than he is now. And he just looked like a fish out of water fighting against a guy who had tremendous skill. Give Usyk all the credit in the world. Now, who should these two fight next? I mean, I listen, in the perfect world, I would prefer to see Usyk and Fury. And not because I think Usyk has a chance to beat Fury, but I think he has no chance. Usyk is 6'3", 220. Fury is 6'9", 280. I think Usyk has no shot. But I do want to see all the belts unified. I, I want to see that. I want to just see Fury just unify all the titles. And I think he's earned the right to do that. And I think Fury's earned the right to still fight a guy like Joshua. If Joshua can come back and win a couple fights, I don't think, I don't want to see Fury uh, Wilder again, but I would love to see Wilder Fury. I mean, I would love to see a Wilder Joshua. In a perfect world, I would like to see that fight next. I would love to see, you know, um, uh, um, Dillian White Joshua. I would love to see Dillian White Fury. I would love to see you know, um, um, Ortiz and, uh, and and Joshua. So, you know, there are some more fights out there for Wilder. There's some more fights out there for Joshua. Take them, fight each other, make money. You know, somebody upsets Fury, you got a shot for the title. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, I mean, Wilder's attitude could be like, man, if I can't get these titles, I don't want to do this shit no more. And that could be true. It's not worth doing. If you can't be the champ, I don't want to do it no more. And, you know, I wouldn't even be mad at Wilder if he called it quits. I mean, he's 36-ish, 37-ish. He's getting up there in age. He's made a good amount of bread. I heard he's very conservative with his money. And... You know what I mean? I think it's fair to say that he's had a tremendous career. He had the highest knockout percentage in the history of the heavyweight division. And so um, it's, it's no shame to his career and what he's accomplished. If he thinks he's, if he can call it quits, then fine. But I would love to see Wilder Joshua. You know what I mean? I would love to see that fight. So I think it's something that, and like I said, and I also want to see Fury, you know, uh, um, you know, unify all the, all the titles. I think it's I think it's important for boxing, and I can see Fury unifying the titles and retiring, which is good for a guy like Wilder if he wants to fight. But you know, you got guys like Andy Ruiz is still around. I mean, even guy like Joseph Parker. You know what I mean? Like, listen, if you had a fight between uh, 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 Joshua and Luis Ortiz, that's a fun fight. It's a fun fight. Somebody's getting knocked out. If you had a fight between Dillian White and Deontay Wilder, it's a fun fight. Somebody's getting knocked out. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, like a, a guy like Joseph Parker, he cool. He lost a couple fights, but I wouldn't mind seeing him going up against Anthony Joshua or, uh, I'm sorry, or uh, Deontay Wilder. I wouldn't mind that. That's, you know, that's box. So, I think all those things are cool. 
You know what I'm saying? I think all those things are cool. I, I, I think, you know, but I'm really impressed by Fury. I, um, I think it's, uh, when I saw him win that fight against Kushko seven years ago, whatever it is now, I never thought that he was a serious contender. I never thought he was a serious guy and uh, a serious fighter. And he just became a serious fighter. And Emmanuel Stewart knows a hell of a lot more than boxing than I ever would know. And he saw it way back when. And he said that Tyson Fury was going to be the heavyweight champion in the world, one of the greatest of all time. And he was right on the button. And he said, if anyone can beat him, it's Deontay Wilder. And he was right about that because the only guy that I can think of who has the ability to beat him is Wilder. And Wilder came up short. You know what I'm saying? So, but I don't want to see Wilder try to improve his boxing and all that and work on his jab. I mean, he, he tried all that with Fury. And, you know, I never thought that Wilder really went to the body enough. But it's hard to get to Fury's body. Mainly because, I tell, I told this on my, on my podcast before, is that Fury is a natural lefty but he fights orthodox, which means his left hand, his jab hand, is his strong hand. So the jab that you see that he's constantly throwing is a power punch. It's his best punch. So when you got that super long jab, it's hard to get inside. It's really hard to get inside on a guy who has like a 69-inch reach. And he's throwing it with, and he's throwing his power hand to that side. This is hard, bro. So, um, but you know, kudos to Fury. He's all man. Like he's a he's a he's a stand up dude. He's a, he's like a really good dude. And um, the NFL need I mean not the NFL the a boxing need guys like Fury because he's, he's he's a real good character, and he's turned out to be a tremendous fighter. And that's always good for the sport. You dig what I'm saying? That's always good for the sport. All right. I think that's it. Two. We did it again. Chris. I'm working at it. I'm working. Fox, executive producer, AJ. I'm back. This is the Bushman Podcast, Gospel Radio. We go way, way, way beyond. We'll swap in the building. And I got two things to say. You better hustle hard or hustle your ass home. This is the Bushman Podcast, Gospel Radio. We go way, 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 way beyond the whistle. See you when I, I don't know when I'm going to see you. But I'm going to see you sooner than you think. This is Fly Sports Talk, not Dry Sports Talk, you heard. Atomically. 
Socrates, philosophies and hypotheses. Can't define how I be dropping these mockeries. Lyrically perform armed robbery. Flee with the lottery. Possibly they spotted me. Battle scarred showgun. Explosion when my pen hits. Tremendous. Ultraviolet shine blind forensics. I inspect you through the future. See millennium. Killer bees sold 50 gold, 60 platinum. Shackling the matches with drastic rap tactics. Graphic displays melt the steel like blacksmiths. Black Wu jackets, queen bees ease the guns in. Rumbling with patrolmen tear gas lace the function. Heads by the score, take flight inside a war. Ticks hit the floor, die hard fans demand more. Behold the bold soldier, control the globe slowly. Proceeds the blow, swinging swords like Shinobi. Stomp grounds and found footprints of solid rock. Who got it locked, performing live on your hottest fly. As the world turns, I spread like germ. Bless the globe with the pestilence. The hard headed never learn. This my testament to those burned. Play my position in the game of life, standing firm. On foreign land, jump the gun out the frying pan. Into the fire, transform into the ghost rider. A six pack and a street car named Desire. Who got my back in the line of fire holding back? What? My peoples, if you with me, where the fuck you at? Niggas is strapped and they trying to twist my beer cap. It's court adjourned for the bad seed from bad sperm. Herb got my wig fried like a bad perm. What the blood? Clots? We smoke pot and blow spots. You want to think twice? I think not. Now Iron Lung ain't got to tell you where it's coming from. Guns are never own. Tearing up your battle zone. Rip through your slums. I twist darts from the heart. Try to intrude. Loop my voice on the LP. Martini on the slang rock. Certified chatterbox. Vocabulary dawn and talking. Tell your story walking. Take cover, kid. What? Run for your brother, kid. Run for your team. And your six can't rhyme groupies. So I can squeeze with the advantage. And get wasted. My deadly notes reign supreme. Your fort is basic compared to mine. Domino effect, arts and crafts. Paragraphs contain cyanide. Take a free ride on my thought. I got the fashion. Catalog for all y'all that all praise through the guard. The saga continues. Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang. Olympic torch flaming. We burn so sweet. The thrill of victory. The agony defeat. We crush slow. Flaming deluxe slow. Poor. Judgment day cometh. Conquer. It's war. Allow us to escape hell. Globe spinning bomb. Pocket full of shells out the sky. Golden arms. Tune spit the shitty mortal combat sound. The fake ball step make the blood stain the ground. A jungle junkie. Vigilante tantrum. A death kiss. Catwalk. Squeeze another anthem. Hold it for ransom. Tranquilize with anesthesia. Orchestra, graceful, music ballerinas, my music Sicily, rich California smell, an axe kill adventure, paint a picture well, I sing a song from Sing Sing, sipping on Jing Sing, righteous wax, chaperone, rotating ring Watch on the wooden soldiers, decipher punks couldn't hold us, a thousand men rushing in, not one nigga was sober, perpendicular to the square, we stand gold like flare, escape from your dragon's lair, in particular, my beast travel like a vortex, through your spine to the top of your cerebral cortex, make you feel like you busting up from raw sex. Enter through your right ventricle, clog up your bloodstream, hot terminal like Grand Central Station. Program fat baselines on ovation. Getting drunk like a fuck, I'm ducking five year probation. War of the masses, the outcome disastrous. Many of the victim families saved the ashes. A million names on walls engraved the plaques. Those who went back received penalties for the acts. Another heart is torn as close ones mourn. Those strayed niggas get slayed on the song. The track renders helpless and suffers from multiple stab wounds and leaks sounds that's her 
93 million miles away from came one to represent the nation this is a gathering of the masses that come to pay respects to the Wu-Tang Clan as we engage in battle the crowd now screams in rage the hot chief Jamel Ari takes the stage light is provided through sparks of energy from the mind that travels in rhyme form giving sight to the blind the dumb are mostly intrigued by the drum death only one can save self from this relentless attack of the track spares none Yo, 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 fuck that. Look at all these crab niggas laid back. Lamping light and gray and black. Boom is on my man's rack. Codeine was tossing your drink. You had a navy green. Solomon the fiend. Bitches overheard you scream. You two-faced the scum of the slump. I got your whole body numb. Blowing like Shalimar in 81. Sound convincing. Thousand dollar cork pop convincing. Hands like Sonny Liston. Get fly permission. Hold the fuck up. I'll fasten your wig. Bad luck. I humiliate. Separate the English from the Dutch. It's me. Black noble Juwali. Came with threes. We like to Genevieve says so, season ease, degrees is earth, 93 million miles from the first rough turbulence, the wave burst, split the megahertz. Hey yo, that's amazing, gun in your mouth, so verbal foul hawk, connect, thoughts to make my man chow walk, swift notarizer, blue tank, all up in the high riser, New York gang visor, word, tranquilizer, just a dosage, delegate my clan with explosives, while my pen blow lines ferocious, Mediterranean, see y'all, the number one draft pick, tear down the beat guard, the delegate, the guard, the seagull, the swift chancellor, flex the white gold tarantula track truck diesel play the we got substantial max mostly undivided then slide it sickening guaranteed made him jump like raw strict